Broadcasting live from our satellite studios in Chicago, Illinois, it's time for the special on-the-road edition of Learning Insights, featuring learning professionals who are improving performance and driving business results. And we are back with another exciting and informative edition of Learning Insights. Stone Payton, Lee Cantor here with you. Been working with training pros all day here, broadcasting live from Chicago, Illinois, satellite studio set up here in the Regis. And uh, I think this segment might just be one of the best that we're going to have. I'm excited because it's about sales. I know. You know how much you like to learn about sales. Hey, mm-hmm. in, until something's sold, nobody eats, man. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to get to visit with a, a gentleman. He's with a small, fast-growing global software company. And there he has a post of Global Sales Enablement Program Manager, Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast, Mr. Bill Cooperow. How are you, man? Doing really well. Doing really well. So uh, can you share a little bit about how you uh, do that global sales enablement stuff, the, the magic <laughs> that you do? Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, the simplest way to describe it is to see what the salespeople are doing and, and see what help they need. And, uh, you know, we can get stats and data and everything, but really what helps is just getting out there, talking to some people. What are they failing at? What do they need help with? The, what would salespeople don't strike me as the type that say, you know what, I'm really struggling in this area. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it takes a little bit of depth in the conversation. Uh, and you don't want to say, yeah, you know, you didn't hit your number <laughs> You're last You're right. Quarter. You are failing in that area. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So it's a matter of kind of seeing what, what's their pain. Uh-huh. And sometimes they will describe it for you. Uh, they, they can be pretty open about that kind of thing, but their management often will have great insights too because we got great managers that will just pick up on you know, what, what they need, what's, mm-hmm. what's the burning issues there. So now from a sales standpoint, do you, have you learned some kind of universal truths about sales and salespeople? Numbers matter. <laughs> <laughs> right? So uh, you, you can use this a- if you're not assessing, you're guessing. Yes, I, I you love want to that write one. That one down? Absolutely, rhyme that one down. <laughs> well, we got it on the record now, so you can go back to it anytime you need it. Absolutely, uh, universal truth: uh, numbers matter. You know, I mean, it's it's both uh, really stressful in some situations for people all over sales, but it's also very uh, it's kind of clean right you know is it working or not you know in some places it's a soft skill and you're not sure if it's working in sales you pretty much know right you don't know if the accountant's doing a good job right right? (laughs) well if he's been paid (laughs) right (laughs) this is chicago (laughs) but in sales the you know like you said the numbers matter you hit your mark or you didn't hit your mark or it doesn't matter if aunt mabel's sick and you know things have to be sold so in sales the numbers matter and everybody has a pretty good feel for that and that's uh, expected to some degree but in sales enablement the numbers matter too but aren't they a little harder to get your arms around they can in some cases now we like that when we have new sales reps we can determine how quickly they come up to their number so we didn't have oh, an onboarding, yeah. We didn't have an onboarding program before, and then we put one in, and we could say, "Look, before and after." Um, and it's difficult at times, yeah, to, to determine whether or not uh, is what we're doing actually making an impact, right? You know, because how do I make that leap? In some cases, I've been able to. In a lot of cases, uh, it's not that simple to kind of say, "Yep, I did this, and you sold," because I can't take the credit there, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then, how can you, um, like, in some, I'm saying, in some organizations, they have this whole pre-selling group right that are kind of doing the prospecting that's a real trend now right Right? and then you have the people that do the closing that's all i'm the closer you know you just you and then you have the people that nurture the relationship so the the second thing can be sold next year you know absolutely 
Absolutely. Yeah, so we have pre-sales, and most software companies I work have pre-sales. And, of course, my daughter is like, so that comes before the sale. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> Actually, it comes uh, after the salesperson has made the right uh, relationships in the, in the organization. Mm-hmm. Then we bring in a highly technical person to kind of make sure that their technicians are okay with the sale and ask answer tons of questions mm-hmm. i mean tons of questions about will it work will it work in my environment and then yeah we have business development people that make uh, cold calls 50 60 times a day and then there's people after the fact that are making sure that they're still happy so we can go back and hit that same company again if we have new solutions or have them renew what they've right. already bought so now are there different types of sales enablement to help each group like oh, yeah. they're completely different or they carry some structure that's similar and in our company at our size there we, we can't really make five different ways of doing something but we will uh, tailor some things from time to time to do that mm-hmm. uh, but there's some, just some core bits of knowledge that everyone needs and we take them through an onboarding program where they need to learn some of the basic skills like, like coffee is for closers you know yep. the important stuff right who you get coffee for <laughs> is even more important <laughs> absolutely so uh, being the size that we are we don't have a lot of different verticals at previous companies and big companies yeah the training was definitely different mm-hmm. absolutely because the skills they're using are different absolutely. so are you and your team informing uh, as early on as the recruiting or do you, do you have anything to do with the recruiting we don't i mean we stay in touch with them but it's uh i guess you know we do kind of inform back to them <laughs> we could tell when some people are just aren't gonna like, make it like what are you sending me here <laughs> you ever have that yeah. conversation oh well, well they'll come in they'll come into the sales and hire onboarding i was like uh how was that guy working out he was a question mark like, yeah, <laughs> yeah right. now we know why <laughs> do you have that i thing? hope he knows a lot of people. but at least you have that relationship though absolutely you have that yeah. respect and that conversation oh, back yeah. and, forth. and they really want that feedback because it just totally informs their job who is actually working out and who's not um and then we want to know as they move forward so you know we do this pre-work they do a bunch of stuff they come to our sales new hire we beat them up and then uh in the past we just kind of left them alone it's like all right go you're done and (laughs) we said wait a second we really need to understand what's happening in week two through the end of the first year so we put a lot of effort into that recently really and then how is that delivered is that like kind of you do regular like webinars or do you do like kind of an on-demand here's some tips and tricks from best practices from the best salespeople download them and watch them on your phone i mean so we've we've done where we've done these webinars that were live and mm-hmm. they they worked pretty well but you know we get 90 people on a call and even if they really want that information they're listening passively at home and then maybe at the end there's three questions so even if they really want the information they got the distractions of their phone right emails so we went to a new model where basically we record something send it to them say do it or else and we put some assessing questions in there that their managers review with them. Mm-hmm. So it's a matter of saying there should be more conversation on this topic and we're not going to get it in a webinar. So go watch this. Go have a little conversation with the manager and tell us what we missed. Mm-hmm. They love telling us what we missed. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way to get them to, to participate. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. and, and you, That's a and, pro tip right there. And everybody knows you're missing things on purpose just to create the engagement, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. you got to leave a gap. <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so follow up because if you're going to use that kind of technology, you can also, if you so desire, you could send out just little uh, nuggets, little Right, little, little bites burning of info. nuggets, yeah. Yeah, and so have you decided to do any of that? I mean, we don't have that as any sort of formalized practice. We've been thinking about it, yeah. But our community is pretty good on Salesforce. We have Salesforce Chatter, 
uh, which we really try to encourage and try to promote mm-hmm. that. Because Do they I, help each other? Yeah. This is what's really neat about That's this company. That's great. T- tight, small company. And uh, and you know what? So if they're not doing that, their managers give them a little kick in the rear. Like, hey, you know what? You told me this great thing. Now share it because everyone else could benefit from that. Right. So, but that's a different culture. I mean, that's right, not that, something you run into every day yeah. in my experience. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah, and in some, in some organizations, because I don't think there's a shared number between all the sales reps, so they aren't necessarily incentivized to go out there and help each other. Right. Uh, but they do anyway. I think it's the culture of an, a nice small company that uh, really is pulling for each other, right. which is really nice. I'm not sure how you create that because everyone's asked me that. I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> well, is it part of what drew you or, or – well, I want to back up even further. Yeah. What, what's your backstory? You come yeah. from that sales environment or training more? Or? Well, I came uh, from a small startup. We went public, and then we got bought out by HP. Mm-hmm. So you went from, yeah, I've uh, heard of them. Yeah. <laughs> HP, yeah. They're going to be two now. H&P. H&P, apparently. Uh, so I went from a company of uh, I don't know, 200 people to 200,000, basically. Wow. So big culture shock. And then I did a lot of technical training. I mean, deep level, deep nerd technical mm-hmm. training. And I eventually transitioned over into sales training because, as I, I told people, I said, tra- uh, sales tra- uh, salespeople do not get trained in Edmonton in February. <laughs> that's for sure that's, that's a good call so if you want to go to the nice places in the world learn how to be a sales trainer <laughs> right. and that was hard for a while because I was used to just diving into the weeds and any question topic or issue and you just right. don't need to do that with sales reps so it was a whole different mindset uh, which was a lot of fun but man I made a lot of mistakes coming in did you it know. take you a little while to earn some street cred with the sales people Oh, yeah, it definitely does. And I don't have a sales background per se. I did pre-sales, but I was never a sales rep. So even if you were a sales rep, I think, for a year, you got street cred. You know, and well, I can't, if you I can't sold something, yeah. I mean, right. being a sales rep and not selling yeah. anything, you wouldn't have much scrutiny. If they know that. <laughs> <laughs> sales reps always seem to have a past that's always <laughs> right. different. Than reality. Than reality. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, right. That's okay. That's the job. <laughs> uh, but yeah, my street cred comes from uh, just diving in deep into the field, certifications, mm-hmm. education. That but early on, you would kind of give more of the nerd <laughs> answer yeah. and the sales guys want the... <laughs> oh, yeah. bullet answer, points. Right? I need yeah. some bullet points. <laughs> and how is this going to make me sell different? Right. Because right. you gave me knowledge. Is that going to make me one more dollar? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So you have to kind of reframe things so you can give it to them in that manner, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was something I saw one time, just for me, just in time, and just enough. Mm-hmm. And I'm stealing it from somewhere, so I forgot to. Uh, <laughs> oh no! I, 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 now I'm going to steal it. I think that sounds great. No, I can remember being in a sales meeting, and I, there was one guy who spoke up, um, and that guy may be here today, um, and specifically asked, you know, what's the commission on the yeah. call report? What kind of commission are you paying on this call <laughs> report? You want me to fill out? I mean, salespeople can be ornery, especially if they're performers. You know, because then they get a little cocky. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's a different animal, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that, I mean, that's why we haven't had too much of a problem getting feedback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have opinions feedback and they like to share. <laughs> Even if they're three days into the company, you'll get the feedback, right. which is fine. I mean, that's I'd rather have it be that way. Then you know whether you're hitting the mark or not. It's just a matter of, is it the last thing they remember? Is it because they just lost a deal and that's the feedback you're given? Or is it something you're seeing mm-hmm. uh, repeatedly? But then now you're really helping them. They know it. And you've got, I, I guarantee you, once you've demonstrated that, now you've got friends for life. Buddy. Oh, absolutely. Because you are impacting their right, if you life can help and them lifestyle. Make more money. Yes. You better believe it. 
Yes, and, and that's the hurdle I think anyone getting into this field mm. has to overcome. So I've had, uh, I call them nerd, nerd trainers, <laughs> technical <laughs> trainers, and I don't mean that to be a big insult. But, you know, if you've done technical training and you want to do sales training, you got to get some street cred, if you will, with the people you're training. Mm-hmm. And if you can show that they made more money, wow, it, the sky's the limit. They'll right. come back to you time and time again uh, if you're helping them out. And you're listening. You right. Know? You know, if you're not listening or you're just listening for the sake of just – I'll pretend like I'm listening. It's just not going to help. Now, um, have you learned any um, kind of tips and tricks on how to get the most out of salespeople? Um, appeal to their ego. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say one of the biggest things is to really understand where they're stalling, at least in the experiences I've, I've been at, because uh, they know how to sell. We're in an organization. We're not going to hire someone unless they have 10 years of high-level experience. Uh, so uh, relying upon them to tell me what's stopping you, because – you know they know what they're doing. It's where where are you breaking down? What's stopping you? And right, as, as organizationally, are we doing something that's stopping you from being successful? Yeah, right. And I think the other thing maybe is uh, a bit odd is don't stop your listening at only what you can do. So mm-hmm. as a trainer, as a sales enabler, when I can do it, I'm mean, different things. I get involved in a little bit of sales operations, but much of it is beyond me. But that doesn't mean I should stop listening there. Right. So when they say, oh, Salesforce is just way too much data to enter, All right, I'm going to take that in. That might lead me to another question or something I can do that is enablement related. Right. So you got to put in 15 different fields. Can I make that easier for you? Right. Wow. And it, and it sounds so small and so simple, but if I make their lives easier and I give them 10 minutes back every day, well, they're really happy. Well, 10 minutes times five is 50. Yeah. That's like almost no, an hour. Yeah. And that's an hour a week. You know, that's how many days over the year. Yeah. It's It starts and then you go, well, how many more calls could I made or how many yeah. more relationships I could have nurtured? Absolutely. Absolutely. I find it's really powerful. So I told on myself a little while ago when I called it a call report instead yeah. of when I said enter into the CRM. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Back in the day, this was a little bit before some of the CRM systems that are that are out there. But, no, you make an excellent point, and it makes perfect sense, Is because uh, I think the tendency would be, to okay, to shut the door, shut the ear yeah. once we're outside of my domain. Yes. But take it all in, and then you can go to other resources to help you. And again, you save me 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. that's huge. Oh, yeah. And we're such a small company. Uh, we've had a lot of pe- company, people come from big companies, and we go fishing at the HPs and other right. ones. <laughs> and uh, we can kind of tell right away if, if someone's going to make it or not, or we get good indications. Because if you come from a big company, and you there's something that has to be done, and you look around for more than about 10 minutes in terms of who's going to do this for me. <laughs> That's then probably you know not a good fit, right? <laughs> if you don't know who's going to do it for you in five minutes, then do it right. yourself. It's you. It's you. It's, it's like you. that. What's that line at the poker table if you're looking for the, the fool? The fool. It's you. It's you. <laughs> Can't find them then, <laughs> yeah. so are you finding that your world changes? I mean, you're in a software uh, industry, you're dealing with salespeople, and it's just life is life, and it's 2015. So everything you're talking about, you've got to do that under conditions of some pretty sometimes large and complex change things going on, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's changing all the time. I think one of the biggest changes that's tough for anyone in software these days is that the buyers are much, much smarter. So we come into an organization. They've hmm. already done plenty of research on us. Right. There's third-party organizations that will tell you everything about it. So we're not having those kind of we're, we're awesome conversations. I mean, we're going to throw it in there. <laughs> but that's not the conversation. The conversation has to be business-related. Are we solving a business problem? Right. Do we really understand your business? So that's become both really tough and exciting because it's not the same old thing people did 15 years ago. Right. At least not what I see. Right, because back in the day, the salesperson was – the place where information about the product 
lived. Yeah, yeah so I had the information. Educating when I was the bag. The buyer. You want to know something? Now to the me. buyer has checked out five different places. So the the good news is now they're much. Re- you know they're serious about buying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know that that hurdle is done. Now you just have to uh, show them that you're the right fit. Yeah, and you know what? Everybody else that's not even selling software or, or not in our specific field, they're good too. So we fall to sixth or seventh in the priority list, right? And we need to push ourselves back up to number two, right? You know, because uh, somebody else came in there and gave them a good pitch, and then the, the company said, "Well, we got we need that," <laughs> right? It's like, well, no, no, you said you needed us. <laughs> so well, part of it's getting prioritized, and that is part of your challenge. Also, is capturing this knowledge and best practices to share as you grow. Because, yes, you know you can't always make another um, Bob because Bob's great at what he does, but you want to kind of take the best of him so that, you know, Mary can do some of what Bob can do. Oh, absolutely. That, that's really my biggest struggle right now mm-hmm. is we got some really top end sales guys that everyone would love to clone. <laughs> and it's how do mm-hmm. we take that knowledge and, and duplicate it to other people? Even if we got someone else at half that knowledge right. and experience, not so much pure knowledge, right. but the capabilities and the skills. And so we're always trying to find what, what is it that I can do to showcase this talent and or capture it for somebody else. And Mo, I don't really have a great answer to that. I've done some things that have helped, but that's really kind of the key, you know. And mm-hmm. and no, the problem is too, these guys are so good, they don't know what they know. Right. It's like you have Michael Jordan go just shoot the ball. Yeah, you just know, shoot like, it. Yeah. <laughs> just jump up <laughs> and shoot it. I don't understand. <laughs> why aren't you doing this? <laughs> I don't I don't know where I learned it, but I don't know why you can't do it. Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So what's next for you? What are you going to be doing over the next uh, eight, ten months? Are you focusing on a specific project? Are you going to design anything new? Uh, well, well, the biggest thing I'm looking at right now is how do I expand my onboarding program? Mm-hmm. So uh, hmm. uh, we kind of leave them for dead <laughs> when they leave our classroom. I mean, we have all sorts of other stuff, but nothing specifically geared towards those new hires. So, right. all right, we gave you a whole bunch of pre-work. We took you through these great uh, exercises, and now what? Because we know that they need help in that first year. So what we're really trying to figure out is – Boy, we could do so much, but what do we have time for? What do we have money for? Right. And what's the biggest pressing need of these people, these big-time sales reps they're going to need in month, you know, two through ten? Right. And I think that'll make it be a big impact. That's the big thing I'm trying to – the big nut I'm trying to chase at this point is how do I do that and uh, keep them engaged? Cause, right. You don't want them frustrated yeah. or, you know, lose interest or lose focus and do the wrong thing. Yeah. I mean, you, you got to catch them you know, kind of right when they need you, right? Yeah. And I think I've learned this thing, and I don't know if this is an axiom anywhere. I might be stealing it. But I think after three months, nobody wants to ask a dumb question. Right. In the first three months, you feel like It's all new. Like, oh, it's he's new, so don't worry. But (laughs) after that, you're like, you should know this by now. (laughs) Yeah. So then then they stop asking questions, and then you lose them. And then that's why we maybe see turnover at six months, because – no one wants to ask the question when right. they should feel free to. Right. But uh, how do we give them that knowledge when they need it? Right. Yeah, timely, of course, again. But now, that's do kinda, you have any mentoring? Is there a mentoring program? There's definitely a mentoring program in there. Yeah. And that seems to help out quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also have all sorts of guidance that we give them. But right now, it's uh, on paper and it's got, you know, it's do this now, do this then, which helps. But there's got to be a personal touch, I think. Right. You what know. about success stories? Do you have a way oh. to kind of share success stories and, we do. and package it in a way that people can kind of just marinate in some of that and, and hopefully they learn some. Yeah. You have to be careful with that though. Or, well, I'll, t- I'll give you my perspective on it. Cause like in one of the uh, organizations I was with, we had one just outlier performer and they were all 
stories about him. Right. And that's not motivating. It, I mean, it's, 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 you, it can get dismissed by a second-tier performer like I was, but the marginal performer, it's actually disincenting. Yeah. No, Does that I make agree. sense? Oh, I totally agree. And that's where like uh, success stories, I think you got to spread them out. And all too often, I've seen in other companies, that's much where I'm at now, where they pick them from one region. Because it's convenient. Right. Uh, you uh, can yeah. tick off another region faster <laughs> than you know how. Because you're global, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, we're small but global. But when we did this thing in other organizations and you only pick them from one region, oh, that, that's about the worst thing you can do. <laughs> that's, right. that's bad mojo yeah. right there. Even if you're at a, a big uh, company-wide presentation, you're talking about who won. You just put up a logo. You better have logos from every region. You know? right. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's we another pro tip there. That was another <laughs> yeah, no All right, so where does the cobbler go for his own leather? Where, because uh, it could get kind of lonely for you, right? Other yeah. than the corner bar, I mean, is there somewhere you can go hang out with other people that are kind of facing some of the same issues and oh, are yeah. willing to share? And yeah, so ASTD for me, which is now ATD, yes, is uh, really helpful, and okay. I go to those monthly meetings and national meetings when I can make them, and that's just really helpful. But even there, I have to tell you, the sales enablement community, which it's I small, right? Yeah, being ego driven here myself. <laughs> It's all about you. It's all about me. But we're smaller. Right. And I would contend, of course, being a little ego-driven here, that we're different. Exactly. <laughs> well, of course you are. Principles Your are situation's unique. <laughs> Your territory's different. <laughs> my ter- you better have my so, territory. So when there. your sales guy tells you that excuse. Yeah. That. Oh, I, I have the feeling, Boy, yes. You're in Chicago. Dude, <laughs> if I was in Chicago, I'd hit those numbers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You never I had that. your resources. <laughs> right. So but yeah. ATD's been- ATD's uh, been uh, great. That's and great. there's a sales and community there that really mm-hmm. helps out. Uh, some communities where I went to school recently that would really help out as well. Um, and then just really embedding myself in everything that's on the web. And there's a lot of resources out there, other podcasts that help mm-hmm. uh, as much as you can. Because, boy, uh, there's so many times when I thought of something and I thought it was, oh, look at this new thing I created. <laughs> right. And I look at it and like, you mm, Google I'm it and you're first like, first person. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was hardly it's, unique. It's humbling. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, oh, I spent a week on that and it was right on the web. Yeah. Well, this has been a fun conversation, man. Excellent. Thank you. Well, you clearly enjoy your work. you got Thank an you. awful lot of neat stuff going on. Um, I'm delighted to learn that uh, an organization like ATD is helpful. Uh, and it sounds like you know, you're the kind of guy that someone can reach out to and kind of collaborate with. And, yeah. Um, whatever's appropriate but i would like someone listening to that to to this if there's a way for them to reach out to you on linkedin linkedin or at, at the yeah. atd meeting here in town yeah so there's an right. atd chai chapter mm-hmm. which i go to just i'm on the board there and i go to about every meeting i can uh and uh there or linkedin is really helpful and i encourage anyone who's not an atd go ahead and give it a try right. i mean there's a community out there and uh they could be so uh helpful and there's uh, unique content there as well. It could be very helpful. Yeah, we find um, we do a lot of interviews with members. That it's such a collaborative group yeah. that they're, it really they want to help each other. Yeah. And if you're struggling in some area, go there. Go and just look somebody up and they'll take your call and they'll probably help you. Yeah. I mean, they're collaborative at times even when they shouldn't be. <laughs> right. When they're in competing industries. Right. Uh, but uh, it's but still, though, I find them to be collaborative yeah. even if they are in competing Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and I've done that many times when I was coming up and uh, trying to learn more about the field. People would just give me a whole bunch of time. And if right. you can get to those meetings ahead of time because the, the cocktails right. are nice and uh, the conversation is <laughs> fantastic. Right. Right. And, and if, if you're uh, in some unique vertical, I'm sure there's someone there. Right. Someone will hook you up with somebody else. Do you have the website of the ATD? Uh, Do you know? ATD Chai. And if you Google that, then you'll find yeah, it. Yeah, you'll right? find that. Yeah. 
Well, thanks for coming and hanging with us this afternoon. This has been a very refreshing way to to invest some post lunch time, don't That's you right. think? Yeah, <laughs> good stuff. Hey, we'll do thank it again you. sometime, man. Okay, thank you very much. All right, we'll be back in a few from Training Pros Chicago. This has been a special business radio X production, brought to you by Training Pros, your source for local learning and development experts. Learn more at training-pros.com.